the human element, the the family touching, the, you know, the whole stuff in there. Family touching. You know, the, the touchiness <laughs> of the family. Welcome to episode 84 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is... Jack Burton. Jack Burton. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Checks in the mail. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for tuning in. I'm sorry we took a hiatus last week. Uh, we needed a break. We've been pushing ourselves pretty hard for a year and a half without taking a single one, so it was nice to finally do so. We were on break? <laughs> we, were, we were on break, as Steve would put it. Uh, but anyways, we have a very special guest today, Mr. Fred Van Lente. Hey, how guys. You, how are you doing today, man? Did I pronounce that right? <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, close enough. Okay, good. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Butcher names already. Yeah, well. Uh, we read a lot of books today. I think it was like 28. Really? So. Didn't yeah. seem like we read that many. That's less than normal, but it's still a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, what were your top two, Miguel? Let's get through this real quick. Okay, uh, my number two book this week was uh, Magneto, number 20. Colin Bond. Colin Bond and <laughs> Paul Davison. That sounds that right. right. Yeah. <laughs> It was a great issue. Uh, you know, Magneto's trying to stop the other planet from crashing into Earth-616, and uh, he goes to all kinds of extremes to make it happen. He teams up with S.H.I.E.L.D., and they send amplifiers into the air. He even saps power from Lorna, his uh, daughter, to try to destroy it. And, you know, he pushes himself to the limit to the point where he's getting brain aneurysms, and he's about to explode. He's holding so much power. Uh, but they didn't end it with that one. There's still one to go. So I'm really looking forward to it. I thought it was great. Well, you know, he's thinking that maybe the Magneto on the other Earth is doing the same thing he is. So I'm wondering if they're canceling each other out. But yeah, the fact he's like all juiced. And then he tells his daughter, I'm sorry. He's like, for what? And she's like, oh, it was too late. <laughs> but it's great. You know, I love seeing Magneto trying to be the hero. Yeah. You know, amping it up and getting all roided out. <laughs> what about you, Fred? Have you been reading uh, anything this week that you enjoyed? I am uh, stuck in a hotel room in California working on a video game job that is actually based on a comic, come to think of it. But uh, no, I've not, uh, I've not been re- I haven't had a chance to check anything out this week. Too, too busy busting my ass. That's, that's the nature of the business, right? You've got to work hard. It is. It is. <laughs> we always seem to find time to read, though. <laughs> no, that is good. That is good. We're not designing games or writing comics, though, man. No, no, we're not creative types. We're just we 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 read stuff and then we review stuff, and that's about it. Sad, sadly, the ability of me to sort of read comics for fun to, is fallen off a certain bit. I mean, I I'm I now watch. I'm, I'm a big baseball guy, so it's baseball season. So all of my leisure time is taken up in obsessive baseball monitoring. So it's it's not related to my work in any way. So it's the easiest way for me to toned down and i've been rereading uh, all the novels of kurt vonnegut which i would highly recommend anybody oh. just finished player piano this morning no not player piano cat's cradle very cool Getting the cats oh, no, the pictures. Cradle. <laughs> no pictures <laughs> well let's finish talking about our comics then real quick uh what was your number one this week miguel well i think you may want to give your number two because i got a strange feeling we had the same number one what okay. was your number two my number two was actually loki agent of asgard number 16 uh, by al ewing and lee garbett mm-hmm. uh, this is a really interesting story Loki manages to set himself outside of time. He takes his friend who can see through lies and you know, basically rips her soul out of her body and traps her inside of a bracelet and then steps outside of existence. He figures out a way to separate himself from the main world and then when the incursion happens, when Secret Wars begins and everything's destroyed, he's outside of it. So he retained all of his memories. He didn't lose anything. He's the only god that survived, really, at this point. 
Uh, I'm really excited to see what happens in, in the events going after Secret Wars, since Loki is still a factor. Uh, I'm not like you. I'm tired of Loki. <laughs> Seriously, it, it's the whole, uh, I'm the mischief guy. I know how to do this. and I, He gets away with this crap. and does, I, I'm tired of it. It's old news. It's old hat. Come on, get rid of it. Throw it away. Die. <laughs> Thor, hit him with your hammer. <laughs> now, Thor's a little preoccupied at the moment. <laughs> yeah, that is true. But no, I, I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't, I'm, I've had enough of him already. That's fine. I, I still really enjoy it. I thought they did a great job with this series. I was happy with the way it ended. And like I said, I'm looking forward to more. Sadly, I love them in the movies. <laughs> I don't know. It's just pissing me off in the comics. Fair enough. What was your number one then? Oh, I think we had the same one. Punisher, number 20. Punisher 20 by Nathan Edmondson and Mitch Gerards. Uh, it is fantastic. It's a great end to the Punisher run. Uh, super violent, super brutal. He, he's a one-man army going against this Taliban-like organization in the Middle East. Uh, he infiltrates their compound by himself, takes out probably 25, 30 guards by himself, gets to the final boss, the final guy who has a Gatling gun, who just tears him up, and Frank doesn't even stop. He just keeps walking through the bullets, keeps walking through the blades. Nothing stops the Punisher. <laughs> it was awesome, too, because remember he had this logo on fire, and oh, it was just amazing. He just punished it the way he needed to go out. It's definitely a great week for Marvel. There was a lot of really good Marvel books this week. He just punished people. <laughs> and say, hey, we're both wearing Punisher shirts today. Yeah. <laughs> In honor of that being our number one. Yes. Okay, so moving on to our pick of the week. Uh, I think we both have the same one as well. Mm-hmm. It's Wolf number one from Alish Cott and Matt Taylor. Yes. Uh, we had Alish on the show not that long ago, and he talked a lot about Wolf. So if you want to hear more about it, go back and listen to that episode. Uh, I can't even try to explain what this book's about and do it any kind of justice. All I can say is that it was the best thing I read today, hands down. Uh, it's a new series. You need to go pick up number one. It's five dollars for I think eighty pages. Yeah, it's a great deal. It's a lot, of, a lot of pages for the price, and it's an incredible story. I can't wait to see what he does with this. Yeah, the guy on fire to the last page. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about a guy who lives in uh, I think it's L.A. Yeah, and he sees the supernatural that nobody else can see, and the things he encounters are just so much more unusual than what you typically see in this sort of story. So last I'm, page may get to some people though. Yeah, it may, it may, may but Alex is, always, away. Alex is always pushing boundaries. He wants to uh, stir up controversy. Yeah, I so. thought it was, I was like, Whoa, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh man. So yeah, I'm, I'm anxious for number two. Yeah, me too. Okay. So that's it for this week's comics. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to talking about the reason we're here today. Me. No, no. Oh. Fred. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to hold you up there for a few minutes, Fred. It's all good. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you have going on in the comic world right now? Uh, well, I write mostly comics for a living, um, have for about 10 years now. Um, at Marvel, I was at Marvel for a long time and at Amazing Spider-Man and Incredible Hercules and Marvel Zombies, among many others. Um, right now I'm doing a bunch of titles for other companies. I, I'm the regular Conan writer for Dark Horse, which is super fun. Um, I do, uh, Ivar Timewalker and Archer and Armstrong for Valiant. And right now I'm doing Big Trouble in Little China for Boom. The Yay! first issue of our run just came out last week, I think. Yeah, you're partnered with Joe Eismo on that one. And he's actually a, a friend of the show. He's a good dude and a great artist. Yes, he is. So um, working on a series like Big Trouble in Little China, which is a oh. franchise series, is that different than uh, creating your own stuff? I mean, how much control do you really have over the characters? Um... Well, I mean, Fox, who own, which owns the movie, um, has been very, very, very open because we've done a lot of crazy stuff. And you go back and you watch the, the original film, and obviously our issue is thirteen, and there's, there's always been there's already been twelve great issues from Brian Chirilla and Eric Powell. But there's so many characters in the movie, like we're able to use a lot of characters that Brian and and Eric did. So 
I mean, I've been given a lot of, I mean, I came with all this crazy stuff, and they were like, great, do it. So that's definitely an instance where we had one joke. There's a bit in, the, in our issue where, for those of you who haven't read the, the, the Big Trouble Chapter 13, Jack Burton, uh, hero of the, of the film, uh, has been magically uh, awakened or was in a coma, essentially. I think he was actually dead, magically dead, and then revived in 2015. So he is kind of a man without a time. As our editor says, he's, he's 80s Steve Rogers. Um, and so he wakes up in, in modern day and learns that the story in Big Trouble in Little China was in the Big Trouble in Little China world done as a book by uh, Margot Litzenberger, who's one of the characters in the movie, who was a reporter, and it became a huge hit. Um, and, a, and a movie was made out of it called Big Trouble in Little China. And so I had a gag in there that, that, that in the Big Trouble in China world, the Big Trouble in China movie was made by Steven Spielberg and Harrison Ford was Jack Burton. And 20th Century Fox didn't like that. So that was the only thing they've asked me to change so far that I can think of. So it's been a lot of, it's been, it, there's been, a, they, they've given me largely carte blanche. But, you know, I mean, there's really no difference in process between coming up with your own stuff with, versus a, a franchise property. I mean, if you're dealing with a franchise, you have to deal with more lawyers and there's more restrictions put on you. But in a lot of times, restrictions are actually a positive thing and they actually foster creativity because you're trying to come up with the solutions. I mean, sometimes they're a giant pain in the ass, and frequently they're a giant pain in the ass, but uh, a lot of times if you're creating your own stuff, you're kind of like, what should I do, you know? So, uh, you know, there's pros and cons for everything. Very cool. Yeah, we like that that uh, particular gag in there where uh, you see him, where Jack Burton sees the poster, the movie poster, Big Trouble Little China, and he makes that comment, hey, Snake Pilson, I love that guy. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. Uh, that was great. I mean, I've loved this book since it started, as we, you and I, we tweeted a little bit a while back. Big fan of the movie. I'm glad you're working on this book. I love what your spin on it. I love Joe drawing it. It's, it's great. It's, it's so much fun. And I mentioned this before a while back with some other people. I would love to see another movie based on this comic book. It just, it just, it's great to me. Well, call the, call the Rock, right? He's the one they're apparently looking at. Oh, I don't know about that right now. We have had some mixed feelings about that. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about that? Uh, you know, I think The Rock's funny. I mean, he's certainly a, uh, a Kurt Russell type. I mean, I would always prefer to see original films. Like, I don't, you know, I have no interest in remakes, period. So it's kind of hard for me to get that. I mean, some things are perfect movies, you know. Yeah. Big Troll in China is a perfect movie. Well, okay. Big Troll in China is not a perfect movie, but it's a great movie. Uh, Ghostbusters is a perfect movie. You know, regardless of who are playing the Ghostbusters or what gender they are or whatever, you know, I hope the new Ghostbusters movie is terrific, but I'm not exactly, you know, chomping at the bit to go see it just because I can just watch the original Ghostbusters, which I love, and, and so on and so forth. So uh, I, I, I declare a hearty meh to all remakes of 80s movies. Well, we're right there with you. I mean, we're big fans of the originals, you know, Big Trouble in Little China, one of our favorites. It's my dad's favorite movie, and that's why I took the job in the first place. Very cool. Is he is he has he been reading what you've done so far and he's enjoying it? Not yet. I don't. Uh, Boom hasn't sent me my comp copies yet, but once they do that, I'll definitely get one out to him. Yeah, I have my own series. I've yet to let my dad touch them. He's seen me come in with them before. He tries because it's also my father's favorite movie. He wants to take them from me. He's like, you can have my Jack Burton's. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's. I'm glad you you said that to me earlier when we tweeted. You took the job because it's your dad's favorite book. Yeah, uh, that that's that's pretty cool <laughs> to be able to work on something your father loves and you love as well. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about some of your other titles you work on. 
Uh, Miguel and I read a lot of comics, but we're not terribly familiar with a lot of the Valiant stuff. Um, I know you talked about Ivar Timewalker and you talked about Archer and Armstrong. Can you tell us a little bit more about what those series are all about? Sure. I mean, uh, the history of Valiant, obviously, is that it started in the 90s by Jim Shooter, who used to run Marvel in the 80s. Um, now they're back. They went into bankruptcy for a while, but a lot of people really love those characters, and they were very successful, and they came out at the same time. Image really kind of took off, or, you know, existed, came into existence in the early 90s. So, um, uh, it's a superhero universe, you know, like DC and Marvel superhero universe. It's much more, I mean, grounded is kind of an abused adjective, but it's different. Um, my corner of the Valiant universe is less grounded than the rest of the Valiant universe, where you've got a... You've got Exo Manowar, which is kind of like what if Conan found the Iron Man armor. Um, you've got Ninjak, which is what if Batman was an actual ninja. Um, so it, it's got a lot of different things. Um, Archer Armstrong is a super strange buddy book that was created by Barry Windsor Smith. Uh, it was one of the most beloved books, and uh, I'm certainly lucky that my, my run has been very well received. Um, we've garnered like... I think at this point it's five or six Harvey nominations over the last two years, which is super, super awesome. That is. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Uh, and Archer Armstrong is about a, an immortal, drunken, strong man and his right-wing uh, Christian fundamentalist assassin buddy. And they run around the world combating various conspiracies and secret societies. And that ran from 2012 and we just end, wrapped last year. Then they teamed up with Quantum and Woody, which is a dis- another dysfunctional super. They're more of a. They're, they're, Quantum and Woody are Valiant's really only literal superheroes, like guys with powers and costumes who fight crime. But what's, what's fun about Quantum and Woody is they are completely incompetent, <laughs> um, which is again makes Valiant kind of different. And uh, you ever, I'm staying in one of these hotels where it's like there's a window looking out onto the interior of the hotel. Mm-hmm. And there's like so there's people malingering in front of the room, and it's so weird. Who wants windows looking out into the hotel? So people walking by in the hallway can stare at you. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why is he talking at his laptop? <laughs> You're just standing there talking to yourself. Freak. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so we did a book called The Delinquents, and 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 that was well received. And so uh, Armstrong, the aforementioned immortal, has a bunch of. Um, his two brothers, who are also essentially immortal, one of which is the Eternal Warrior, which is kind of a who's kind of a Highlander warrior type who fights through the ages, and the other is a time traveler called Ivar. And so the book I'm doing right now is Ivar Time Walker. Is what I'm specifically doing for Valiant right now. And the seventh issue came out today, so run up there and get it, kids. <laughs> um, and I'm doing that, and I'm super excited with that because I I'm doing it with Francis Portella, who I did a lot of Marvel projects with, like Modox Eleven. We did a Halo miniseries, and it's very cool to be reunited with him. Very cool. Nice. So you're on book seven, you said? Of Ivar Timewalker. Huh. Yeah, I, I read a few Valiant titles back in the day. I mean, back when I used to get comics as a kid, you could buy like these little packs that came with three or four different issues for like a dollar. And you right. get a lot of Magnus Robot Fighter and a lot of Exo Man of War kind of stuffed in there. So I did read some of those titles, but just for some reason, Archer and Armstrong, I never got any copies of. It's fun. I mean, they came with a hardback. The Barry Windsor Smith stuff is super fun. He only stuck around for about 10 issues or so, but if you get those 10 issues, they are insane in you know the best way comics can be, but uh, I really dig them. We might have to do some searching. Yeah. Pick this up somewhere. <laughs> so you did some Amazing Spider-Man, you said. Yep. What's your feel about Superior Spider-Man when it ran? Well, you know, I'm not going to lie to you guys. If you've worked on Spider-Man or if you've worked on one of these titles, I mean, 
I can only speak for myself and other creators. I, uh, you know, once you do that and once you immerse yourself in that world, I at least sort of lose my ability to then appreciate it from a fan standpoint. You know what I mean? Like once you have, uh, you know, seen the lights of Broadway, <laughs> whatever the cliche is, you know, it's it's hard to go back on the farm. You know, so. Uh, I didn't. I mean, you know, I I stopped doing Spider Man. I did Web of Spider Man. I did Amazing Spider Man. Um, I think we ended in 2011, and I haven't. I did not. I I think I maybe I've looked at a couple Spider Man things to do video games since. I did a Spider Man video game called Spider Man Unlimited. You guys should get that. That's amazing. That's for that's for iOS and Android. But yeah, no, I haven't. I have not cracked it open. I hear wonderful things. I love Dan. Dan is great. I'm very pro Dan's lot, uh, and I totally support him. But I have not. I don't look at the books. Hmm. Not 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 out of like fan rage or anything or nerd rage, just because it's you know you've only so much time in your life <laughs> to spend doing things, and, and once true. you once you've told Peter Parker what to do, it becomes less interesting to see what other people have told Peter Parker what to do, or Otto Octavius for that matter. Gotcha. Oh, we were big fans of it. We loved it. Now we're big fans of Dan too. Yeah, I heard uh, great things. No, Dan's the best. Was there any characters for Marvel or DC that you haven't worked on yet that you would love to? Sure. I mean, pretty much I haven't worked with anybody over at DC, character-wise. Um, I did a Ma- Martian, Nick Dragata and I did a Martian Manhunter story for one of the holiday specials. Uh, but yeah, I've been talking to them, so maybe that something will happen. That would be cool. Yeah, if you ever get anything like that and you want to bring it out, holler back at us. We'll put you on the show, but you talk about sounds, anything coming out. <laughs> sounds good. Well, uh, you also had a series that came out not that long ago called The Resurrectionists. Yes, from Dark Horse. And the trade is out in August, so very shortly. So if you, so for those who, who want to check that out, should do so. What is that one about? Uh, Resurrectionists is about uh, a bunch of tomb robbers from ancient Egypt who are reincarnated over and over and over again over a two, three thousand year period to uh, pull off the same job, which they keep failing at doing. But now, in 2015, it looks like they may pull it off. That sounds it's sort of cool. a sort of a horror crime historical fiction. It cuts back between 2015 A.D. and 2015 B.C. Wow. So who's your favorite artist that you've worked with so far? And who are you still looking to work with? Well, remember, you can't, uh, you can't, you can't ask you to, you know, you can't rate people. You know, when you become a pro, it's very hard to sort of do the fan thing of like, this is the best thing ever, you know. Or sometimes you guys haven't done that, but a lot of times you get you get asked on fan podcasts and they're like, Secret Wars sucked this week. What do you think, Fred? Do you think Secret Wars sucked? And you're like, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to criticize my, you know, compadres. And likewise, I'm not going to necessarily pick a specific person as a favorite because I've worked with lots of people and, you know, God forbid somebody goes, you know, I thought you were my favorite friend, you know. <laughs> It's hard to. It's kind of like choosing between your children. So I've, I've been lucky. I mean, I love Francis Martella. I love Clayton Henry. Joe is great. I hope to work with Joe once he leaves Big Trouble. Uh, Ryan Dunlavy, who I do nonfiction comics with. Uh, Maritza Rosenwee, who did Resurrectionist, is just supremely, obscenely talented. Uh, I've been very lucky that I've worked with very few untalented artists whose names I will not tell you for the same reason I won't name a favorite. Um uh, <laughs> You know, so uh, I mean, I, I mean, when it comes to characters, I was a Spider-Man guy growing up, so definitely Spider-Man was a huge was huge for me. It was a literal dream come true. You know, step super lucky. Um, love doing Archer and Armstrong. Love doing. I love. I love all the Valley characters a lot. Love doing uh, uh, Incredible Hercules with Greg Pak and working with Hercules and Amadeus Cho. And it was cool to go to Age of Ultron and see Helen Cho, Amadeus Cho's mom, is on the screen. And I read a lot of. I read a lot of your cool. stuff. Yeah, 
Yeah, I did read a lot of your Marvel lot stuff, of your but I haven't read any of the volume stuff. I may have to go and try to find some of it. It's good, guys. I, I highly recommend it. Well, let's see. You got Marvel, Dark Horse, Valiant, Boom. Where's Only Press? Where's Image? Only's <laughs> well, the only one I've actually ever worked for. Image, I've, d- I've done stuff for over and over, uh, off and on over the years. I did G.I. Joe for IDW, and IDW publishes the comic book history of comics, which is one of the nonfiction comics I did with the aforementioned uh, Ryan Dunlavey. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think Oni's the only one I haven't worked for, and I, I certainly did not, you know, because I don't want to. Um, I, have a, I have a lot going on. <laughs> it's hard to, you know, yeah, you do. find the time for things, you know? Yeah. Well, it's like how you said how I like how you said earlier how the creators well they let you have some creative with Big Trouble in Little China because over at Oni uh, one of our friends is doing uh, Rick and Morty and oh, they give him they give him some room too they kind of review it but they kind of give him let him carte blanche as you said as well and it's really great. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. I love that show. I can't wait for it to come back. I know we saw the preview the other day. It's like yes, <laughs> that's awesome. That's so cool. The comic is really good too. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Check out the comic. Check it's pretty comic. funny. I will. <laughs> It feels you guys pick up Valiant, I will totally pick up. That, that sounds fair to me. I mean, we're always looking for more stuff to read. So Excellent. Where, where should I start? Where should I start with uh, the Valiant universe? I uh, say start with Archer Armstrong Volume 1. Okay. The Michelangelo Code by me and another amazing artist who I get to work with a lot, Clayton Henry. All right, I will do that. I'll pick it up and I'll, I'll tweet you, let you know I got it. Let you know I love it. I will sounds too. <laughs> and you can move right there to I have our... If you want a series that hasn't finished yet, uh, the Ivar Time Walker Volume 1 trade is it was out last month. Last month, yes. Okay. Always looking for new stuff. And anytime you start awesome. anything new, like from book one up or whatever, please, by all means, tweet us. We'll definitely pick up your stuff. Awesome. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we don't, we don't have no hate. We love reading. We love reading all new stuff. Love meeting all you guys. I mean, each and every one of you guys' experiences or how you guys talk about each other is, is really cool. And I go, cool. we don't we don't badmouth guys. We don't badmouth you people at all. No, 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 no. Of course not. And I mean, we have some opinions of some books. Well, you you guys don't. I've been on a lot of comics podcasts. <laughs> you guys don't. I've been on some other other ones where you're like, it makes your hair hair curl. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of them out there that take kind of a negative stance and they just harp on the things they don't like. But that's not us. We try to take things in a positive light and focus on the things that we really enjoy about books. Here, here. And we understand it's your livelihood. It's how you live. It is. And, and we like to tell people, you know, what's great is a lot of people actually listen to us and actually ask us, hey, I appreciate you letting us know these books were great. We love them. Any other recommendations? And so we're always glad to tell the guys or tell the world, you know, hey, you should pick this up. It's really good. And people can actually tell in our voices we're really genuine about what we're talking about here. And so we really mean it. And again, I mean, I appreciate what you're doing on uh, Big Trouble in Little China. I'm definitely going to check out a lot of your other works. So I will be broke, and when we come live in your house. <laughs> if you guys like Big Trouble, you'll definitely love Archer and Armstrong, which is uh, – Time Walker is slightly less comedic, but Archer Armstrong is definitely up your alley then. I'm looking forward to reading it. He missed that whole line, like, when we're broke and we have to live in his house. <laughs> <laughs> you say that to all the writers. I do. <laughs> you don't share comics then, so you'll be, you'll, your expenses will go slightly down. <laughs> <laughs> Live from the garage. <laughs> Sorry about this. Don't worry. We edit a lot. <laughs> yeah, we'll edit all this out. Because we, we're dead air. The comics podcast. Oh yeah, we're coming back. This is what happens when you take a break, Fred. That's why I try to tell the man we can't take a break. You're putting rust on me, man. You got rust. <laughs> I feel like one of the Transformers. I got rust on me. That's just your normal brown, man. It has nothing. Is to that do. what it is? <laughs> See a <you>, doctor, sir. <laughs> hey, you ever gonna work on a Transformer book? There you go. <laughs> no, I did GI Joe though, which is sort of the sister buzz. It's a Hasbro book at IDW. That was yeah. fun. Yeah, we're big GI Joe guys. Yeah, well, we're big Cobra guys. Uh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Put it accurately. <laughs> well, since we're laughing here, tell me a funny story, Justin. 
So I'm, I'm supposed to tell a funny story here, but uh, I know Fred's short on time, so we're going to let him go first, and then I'll come in and tell mine afterwards. So, Fred, why don't you tell us a funny story? Okay, so you guys asked me about this, and this is the first thing that popped in my head. I don't know if it's appropriate or not, but I'm going to tell it anyway, because I told a one of my video game colleagues earlier today the same story, so it's fresh in my mind. So I attended the first ever London Supercon. And uh, my wife came with me, and we left the hotel after the con. It was a little chillier than I thought, you know, England can surprise you with the weather. So I take the elevator, I take an elevator back up to, uh, to the top floor of the hotel, get my sweater, get back on the elevator. I'm on the fifth floor, right? So the elevator goes down to the fourth floor. The doors open, and in walks uh, Bill Sienkiewicz, who's another, who's a great artist, another uh, creator at the show. Now, I've met Bill Sienkiewicz about 200 million times. And every time, he completely does not recognize me. <laughs> in fact, not a few months before, we had spent the entire weekend together tabling next to each other in Toronto. But still, just blank stare, just looks right through me. Elevator goes down to the third floor. Doors open. In walks Stan Lee. With Stan Lee is one of his handlers, and they're arguing, right? Stan Lee is the big headline guest at this show. And, and, and Stan Lee's angry, and he's like, uh, I, I thought we already did the meet and greet. And the handler's like, well, Stan, that was the meet and greet for the VIP ticket holders. Uh, this is the meet and greet for the con volunteers, you know. This is, you know, this is how we get your speaker's fees and so on and so forth. And ah, he's not happy, you know. <laughs> and he's kind of built like a ladle right now, you know, because he's like 9,000 years old. Yeah. And so he's, he's kind of hunched over and his elbows are like right in my beer gut. This is a fairly crowded elevator at this point. It's not just comics creators. There's a bunch of normal people in there as well. So... I'm like, he's kind of bumping into me, but I'm like, you know, I'm going to be cool. This is karma. He's given me a lot of pleasure over the years. I've made fun of him in print a lot. So this is just karmic retribution, right? Mm -hmm. So the elevator goes down to the, the second floor, or as the British call it, the first floor. And the elevator doors open. Stan Lee and his handler get off. Elevator doors close. The nanosecond the elevator doors close, Bill Sienkiewicz turns to his friend and says, I've met him 200 times. He never knows who I am. He never recognizes me. He just looks right through me. So you see, guys. How's that for irony? It's universal. The feeling is universal. That stinks. <laughs> it is like when we tell Mike and Ming, you don't remember me, do you? No, they seem to forget us sometimes. So, so that, that's my favorite Stan Lee story. That's awesome. We actually heard a few different bumped into Stan Lee stories on the show. So I like that one, though. That's a really good one. He touched your gut. You should never watch that spot. <laughs> well, too late. Well, <laughs> I guess this is a couple of years ago, you guys. If Where were you before, before I watched it? <laughs> missed that opportunity. We missed our opportunity with Stan Lee. That's where we were. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. I apologize. I got, a, I got a jet. That's fine, man. Thanks for coming on. I know Thank we tried to rush so, through Thank you so much but... for having me on the show. This is super awesome. You guys are great. We'll do it again sometime. And thank you for the support of the book. I really appreciate it. And Joe really appreciates it. And Boom and, and Kurt Russell and most importantly, Jack Burton really That's appreciates right. it. right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to give everybody your Twitter handler where they can find you real quick before you head yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. You can spell my name, which is F-R-E-D-V-A-N-L-E-N-T-E. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. on dot, That's me.com. You can find me on Facebook. I am, I am available to the public. Until such time as the public makes me no, no longer want to be available to them. <laughs> but right now, I'm everywhere under my name, if you can spell it. Cool. Well, thank you again for coming on, Fred. It was an absolute pleasure. My pleasure. You guys are the best. Thanks a lot. Thank Take you. care, sir. <laughs> I guess it's my time for a funny story now. Yeah, go ahead. He didn't want to hear your crappy <laughs> funny story. <laughs>
Okay, so it is kind of crappy. Uh-huh. <laughs> so this story takes place in elementary school. I was in third grade. Uh, you know, I was kind of not the popular kid. I was a little bit ostracized. I was fat. I was kind of weird. Uh, I was super into nerdy things like magic and gaming. And, you know, I, I just didn't really fit in with the rest of the cool kids. And I got a lot of fights. You know, a lot of kids would jump me. A lot of kids would challenge me and push me and do stuff to me. And I would fight them back because I did Taekwondo at that time. And I was in the, the best shape of my life, you know. Uh, so I, I beat up a lot of kids, but almost all of them deserved it. And I was constantly getting in trouble. Anyways, one day I got in trouble and I got sent to go sit on the bleachers, uh, which was punishment. You missed recess. You had to go sit on these wooden bleachers. And it was basically these two giant blocks of wood separated by a good six inches of, you know, little poles that held them in place, right? Am I explaining that well enough for you to envision? Yeah, I'm with you so far. Okay, so I'm sitting on the top bleacher and I knock my lunch bag over and it falls to the, behind the bleachers. So I crawl down behind there and we're outdoors. You know, we're outside on the playground. All the kids are running around, whatever. I'm crawling around under the bleachers now where my, where my lunch bag had fallen. And I get it and I'm like, fuck, I don't want to sit up there where all these kids can stare at me. I'm just going to sit down here and eat my food and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting down there and I'm eating my food, minding my own business, trying to be inconspicuous. And the wind blows by and blows a piece of trash out of my hands and through the hole of the bleachers. So I'm trying to get it without being seen. And so I reach through the bleachers as far as I can, stick my head through, stick my arm and my shoulder through, reach over, grab the trash, pull my arm back through, except my head won't go. <laughs> my head got caught in between the bleachers, and I couldn't get it out. I tried turning it sideways. I tried turning it diagonal. I was doing flips. I was pulling. I was trying to lift the thing as hard as I could. The shape of my head, you know, maybe if it had been greased up or something, I could have slid it out, but I could not get my head out from between those two bleachers. And guess what happens right around that time? The recess bell rings. So the bleachers are near the front of the playground. So all the kids had to walk by me to get back to class. And every single one of those bastards stopped and laughed at me and pointed at me. (laughs) Like, ah, look at Corbin. He's got his head stuck in the bleachers. Ah, they're all laughing at me. Dumbass. (laughs) But nobody gives a shit enough to tell the teacher that I'm stuck outside in the bleachers. So everybody literally goes inside. Nice. And this is like a... 10.30 10.30 a.m., 11 o'clock, something like that. God, you were not a popular kid. <laughs> <laughs> and it's bright and it's sunny outside, so I'm getting a nice tan, nice little sunburn sitting out there. I don't know how long went by, but it had to be at least half an hour before somebody realized I was not in the class. So the teacher sent one of the other students outside to try to find me because uh, they thought I was still hiding in the playground or something, and it was a guy who was kind of my friend. And he was like, dude, what, what happened? And I was like, I'm stuck in the bleachers. I can't get out. Go get help. So he went away. Another 30 minutes goes by. Mm-hmm. Finally, the class, that class got out. My teacher came and found me. And uh, you know, this is time for the second recess group to come out. So all the other kids come running by, and they all see me as they're going to the playground, and they all point and laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> and by this point, you know, all shame is gone. You know, I'm sitting there. I'm, I got tears running down my face. I feel like shit. I've been sitting out in the sun. Uh, I can't get out of this stupid thing. I feel like my head's just going to permanently be stuck between these bleachers for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. No help, really. The teacher shows up. She's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. She's like, we'll get somebody to come get you out as soon as we can. As soon as we can. (laughs) Turns out that the maintenance guy for the school was not in that day. He had called in sick. Oh, wow. So there was nobody really that could help me. Uh, They called the fire station to come and try to take the thing apart. I was wondering. Before the fire trucks got there, the coach, the the baseball coach or basketball coach or whatever for the school, went to his car and got uh, a big-ass crowbar and came back and ripped the nails out of the thing 
and then lifted it up as much as he could. But I mean, it was a, a real heavy chunk of wood. Mm-hmm. It was just enough. And they greased up the side of my head with like some, <laughs> uh, some like hairspray or something that one of the teachers had. And, and we managed to force my head back through. And this was after all the other kids had gone back inside and laughed at me again. So two different recesses came and went before I finally got my head out of the bleachers. So next week you moved to different school? No, I stayed in that school <laughs> for another, uh, God, I stayed in that school for another eight years. Wow. I had a lot of nicknames. Oh, yeah, you did. Bleach your head. <laughs> but, you know, the good thing about it is that uh, I learned not to get embarrassed by anything. So, like, I have no shame now as an adult. Nothing really bothers me. That's why you're doing this podcast with no pants. That's right. Oh, <laughs> it's <was> terrifying. <laughs> but, yeah, that's the story of how I got my head stuck in the bleachers for three and a half hours and nobody gave a shit. Nowadays, that wouldn't fly. Oh, no, definitely not. Oh, no, that zero policy crap or everything they got going on to be like police, fire department, hell, the president would come in by that time. Kids got it super easy nowadays. You know, the teacher would be fired for letting it happen. Uh-huh. Principal uh, would be re- reprimanded. Kids would be getting in trouble for laughing at me and making me feel bad. Like, pfft. Yeah. Not when, not when we grew up. Fun, fair, positive schooling. Yeah. <laughs> it was not that. It was it was relentless torment for another six years for, that's what for that kind need, of stuff. That's what yeah. kids need today, right? <laughs> You're fat and your head is stuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes you a stronger person. I, I can't say that it doesn't. But at the same time, you know, it's pretty devastating to you when you're a kid and you don't really understand that yet. Yeah, and you had no friends to begin with. That made it worse. Yeah. Mm. No wonder your head is oddly shaped. Interesting. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think the bleachers did that. I oh, think it's okay. just the normal shape <laughs> in my head. But yeah, that's that's my funny story. I was kind of surprised you actually cared about trash flying away that you went to go get it. I was a I was a Boy Scout. Oh. And whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, I was a good kid. I mean, I, I did bad stuff. Like I said, I got in a lot of fights. Uh, none of them were instigated by me. A lot of kids tried to pick on me and stuff, and I would just defend myself. Yeah, because you keep on sticking your head in bleachers. But according to the principal and everybody else, I was a bad kid. But you know, I, I was highly involved in my church as a kid, and I was a you know a Cub Scout, and I was involved in all kinds of extracurricular shit because my mom wanted me to be a part of it. So yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't let trash just blow all over the place. I tried to do good stuff. I, I was one of those kids who volunteered to go and pick up trash on the side of the road. So what you're saying here is you were as a good seed, and then bad things happened to you. The world crapped on you. People picked on you. And you went to the devil. <laughs> That's what you did. <laughs> I wouldn't say all that. But I mean, <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. I understand. I can see where you were set on the path. And as a young kid, you didn't know that, you know, you can't let people like that have that power over you. Yeah. I understand that. So I, I, I can see that nowadays, kids do stupid crap, but that happened. Mm-hmm. Got kids bring AK-47 to school and crap. Yeah. It was a much simpler time when we were kids. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, but again... Back then to now, if that would have been me, my father would whoop my ass. Oh, I got in trouble. Yeah, I would have got a butt whooping for that one. I mean, my mom was sympathetic, but my dad was like, what are you, an idiot? <laughs> yeah, I would have heard that one, too. My father. <laughs> I'd have got a butt whooping for being stupid enough to stick my head in the bleachers. I mean, it wasn't like I just stuck my head through the bleachers, like, I wonder what it's like through this hole. It was like I was reaching for the trash, and I overextended to the point where I had to stick my head through to reach the trash because it had blown into the far end of the, the first rung, the first seat or whatever. I, I mean, there's nothing I really could have done. I mean, except not stuck my head through, let the trash blow away. Wow. Trying to be a good person, look what happens. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> Kids, don't be a good person. You get your head stuck in bleachers. <laughs> is that the, the theme of the day? <laughs> Texas should be proud of me. I didn't litter. <laughs> nice. McConaughey's proud of you. All right. Well, all right. I'll take all right. It. <laughs> as long as somebody is. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to this week's uh, comics, movie, and TV news. All right, man. Quite a few things to cover. Sure, give me Uh, some movies. Before we get into that, though, since we didn't do a show last week, let's talk a little bit about San Diego and the movie trailers that came out of it. 
Okay. Uh, so we got the trailer for a lot of different stuff. We got Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. We got Suicide Squad. They leaked the trailer to Deadpool. Uh, we even got the Star Wars trailer. Yeah. Did you watch any of them? Watched them all. Okay. So then uh, let, let's talk about each one then for a minute. Okay. How did you feel about Suicide Squad? Yeah, it sucked. Because <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the big controversial one. Okay. Number one, when we start talking about these DC movies, I was like, okay, this is going to horrible because you keep on seeing the casting and like what are they doing and you saw harley and you saw the joker like this is gonna be bad and then you see the trailer and you're like huh okay and you got harley you know suspended in the cage and like okay doing her ballerina thing yeah and then you see the joker at the end talking about i'm just gonna hurt you <laughs> like okay and I, I think i can buy will smith this dead shot i'm actually uh you saw batman too mm-hmm. i think i'm down for this movie now and amanda waller seems like a real Mino meanie, you know. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to keep it clean, man. I, I'm, I'm down for it now. I'm, I'm really excited about it. Now you try to keep it clean. Yeah, <laughs> episode thirty-three was a real time, man. <laughs> I got chastised too. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I was not super enthusiastic about the movie. You know, King Shark, somebody we didn't see in the trailer, who yeah. I would love to see. He's the one character I'm most excited to see uh, going forward. But you know, I can get past Leto's Joker. It's a little weird. I don't really like the look of it. Uh, Harley looks okay, but she's not really the the traditional Harley that you and I both wanted to see, that a lot of people wanted to see. But she's a Suicide Squad Harley, which I can buy. Uh, everybody else, I, I don't have any problem with. I thought Will Smith as Deadshot was actually a good choice. Uh, Killer Croc looks amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and after seeing this trailer, I'm, I'm a little pumped about it. It looks pretty good. So, I think I'll catch it matinee. You know, I don't think I'm going to go see it at midnight. We probably will. What? We probably will. Who's paying for this? <laughs> Okay, so so moving on from Suicide Squad, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. Okay, I told you, if I remember correctly, many episodes ago, this movie was going to be terrible because they put everybody in the damn movie. They did all this, did all that, and the actors and whatnot. I'm eating some crow. That movie is going to be off the chain. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Batflack, I'm telling you right now. Okay, I believe. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, wow. I really am. I'm stoked. I am super stoked for that one. I have to say that I am too. You know, I, I was given it the benefit of a doubt for a long time, but now I'm really like kind of gung ho about Batman or Superman. Uh, you know, I've always liked the Dark Knight story, and I want to see Batman fight Superman wearing the armor, and I want to see all those people help him take on Superman. It looks like Wonder Woman's going to be the one supporting him and not Green Arrow, which, you know, we'll, we'll, I can get past that. That's fine. I mean, the shows uh, have do different things too. That's a okay. little bit of Wonder Woman we saw looks spectacular. Oh, oh uh, my gosh. I, I was kind of questioning Gal Gadot in that role, but wow. You know, I don't. Yeah. I don't really know what else to say. I liked her a lot in that. I did too. Um, you know, Superman is Superman. You know, he looks a little more menacing than he used to. I still don't really know what's up with the Super Troopers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I call them that. Tell me, man, they're going to be all like, like all like uh, injustice up in here, man. That's kind of what I'm thinking too. It's going to be a little injustice style. You know, he tries to create his own little hierarchy or whatever, and Batman revolts against that. Uh, I don't understand the desert scene, Batman in the desert with all those guys attacking him. But, but Batman uh, just kicking butt. That's all it is. You know, we'll we'll figure all that stuff out as time goes by. You know, but uh, everything I saw in that trailer excited me, and I'm really really looking forward to it now. Oh yeah, that's a midnight show in there, brother. Excuse me, seven o'clock. Then you know <laughs> that early early show. Maybe get an early pre screen if we're lucky. Uh, moving on to Star Wars. Oh, I was I was not at all surprised that I love the Star Wars trailer. They did a great job with it. Uh, you get to see a little bit more of the Sith and his uh, cross-hilted lightsaber. You get to see some of the new droids. You get to see Han and Chewie, which I know everybody was super excited about, including me. Uh, I'm a Star Wars fan anyways. I always have been, so definitely looking forward to that. I got yelled at when that trailer came out. By who? My wife. 
<laughs> we were in the theater and I saw the trailer at the movie theater and I literally jumped out of my seat like yeah yeah I was like yeah <laughs> it's like shh and then when uh uh you know Han comes out we're home too like yeah it's like shut up <laughs> I dude I love Star Wars me too and I I thought Disney was gonna like maybe mess this up I don't think they are. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm even more stoked for that than anything else. The coolest thing for me is that we kind of have an idea of what direction this this movie's going to take. Because the intro to that trailer is Luke talking. Mm-hmm. And he says, the force is strong in my family. My father had it. I have it. My sister has it. And now you have it. And, it, you know, it, it makes it seem like it's going to be Luke's son or Luke's kid's that are going to be the storyline going forward. Which kind of gives you an idea of how much time has gone by and... You know, you can kind of assume some things from the trailer now that you couldn't before. Well, you pointed out the fact that the flag was a Sith. Yeah, there's there's some cool stuff in that trailer. I mean, you can go and read all kinds of internet theory sites and, and dissect it every which way. But uh, when it comes down to it, I cannot wait for December. I am super excited about it. But even more so than Star Wars. Wait a minute, hang on. Let me, let me ask something. The, the make it even better? It's the first two minutes of the movie. Jar Jar dies. <laughs> Horrific death. <laughs> well, obviously, that would make it anything better. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what you got? But anyways, even more so than Star Wars, the movie that I am most excited about is the oh. movie coming out in February, Deadpool. And it's not just me, apparently. Deadpool seemed to have stolen San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, everybody was just absolutely raving about the trailer. Everybody was raving about the panel. The, the trailer's hilarious. It's really funny. It's really violent. It's really bloody. Uh, him cracking a lot of jokes. Him shooting guys in the head. You know, you, he introduces Negasonic Teenage Warhead and makes a joke at her expense. You can see Colossus hit him, you know, like like uh, Hulk did to Thor in Avengers. Um, you know, and then, of course, you get Deadpool making his jokes about touching himself and sniffing the <laughs> the smoke coming out of his guns. And uh, all I can say is that that is the Deadpool I want to see. That is the Deadpool that I was hoping and praying we would see on screen. And I am so beyond excited for this movie. I think that this is going to be my most anticipated movie of all time. He's going to wet his pants. I might. <laughs> he's going to go home and touch himself. I'll wear the black pants so you can't tell. Nah, he's so <laughs> like boy, he wear the red pants. He's on break. He's on break. <laughs> but I am super excited for Deadpool, and everything I saw in that trailer just made me more excited. As you know, I'm not the big Deadpool fan as you are. As you know, I love The Last Run, and I love Ryan Reynolds. And that trailer was amazing. Yes, it was. The gun smoke thing, the I'm going to go home and touch myself, the teenage name, whatever the girl is like, that's a freaking awesome name. Yeah, I, yeah, it's going to be a great movie. I'm not going to put it like like number one for me. For me, obviously, it's going to be Star Wars. Uh, probably then Batman, Superman, then, then Deadpool. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to see all these movies. I really am. And I think we'll probably see every freaking one of them. I know we will. <laughs> Along with will. Captain America and everything else that's coming out. Yeah. Well, speaking of movies that we're going to see at midnight shows or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Ant-Man just came out. Yes. Uh, so we should at least give a little bit of a review about it. Since we <laughs> took a week off and we saw it. Uh, I went to the 8 p.m. showing the day that it came out. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it wasn't my favorite Marvel movie. I've heard a lot of people really, really loved it and went and saw it two or three times. I have friends that have seen it three or four times. Um, it was good. Uh, if I had to give it a rating on like an ABC scale, I'd, I'd give it like a, a strong B. Nice. Um, it's better than middle of the pack. You know, the, the action scenes are spectacular. I feel like the beginning of the movie, they kind of just threw you into it and hit the ground running and were just made a lot of assumptions about the character. And they didn't really give any kind of backstory on Scott Lang. They didn't really explain why he's a great thief or why Hank Pym chose him. And I wish they had. I wish they had had a little more exposition and shown you a few more things. I felt like the first 15 to 20 minutes of the movie were actually kind of boring. 
Uh, but once it got going, it got really good. Dude, it was Michael Douglas. Why was it born to you? It, Michael Douglas wasn't in the beginning. The beginning was all Pym Industries and, and Paul Rudd hanging out with his idiot friends. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Michael Douglas is a show up eventually. Yeah, and that's when the movie, that's when the movie got really good. <laughs> He's going home. <laughs> I, Michael Douglas, A-plus performance <laughs> in a solid B movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I saw Ant-Man the next day at about uh, 11 o'clock. I uh, took my mom and the wife and the kids went with us. And everybody liked it. Uh, I guess what a good way it's shown is my mother. Mm-hmm. She loves all the Avengers movies and everything else. And she really liked that, man. She really laughed a lot at Paul Rudd. Even my wife laughed a lot about it. My wife's not a big movie person, so she enjoyed it. Like you, it's not the greatest Marvel movie out there. I'm not gushing like everybody else was. I did like it, though. Uh, I'd probably give it a strong B+. Plus. Um the human element, the the family touching, the, you know, the whole stuff in there. Family touching. You know, the, the touchiness of the family, <laughs> the whole thing between him and the daughter. Uh, of course, they didn't touch on that, you know, how she's supposed to be sick. But uh, it's okay. It had its funny moments, and I enjoyed the movie. Yeah, there's some great moments in the movie. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the the latter half of it, I thought, was an A-plus movie all the way. I just feel like the beginning dragged it down a little bit, and it didn't suck me in the way a movie should. Yeah, I could see where you're saying that. I, I was okay with it. I, I didn't mind what they were trying to tell you and everything else. And like for someone who doesn't know the story, they're probably fine with it. Yeah, I'm sure that's part of the problem too is that I am so familiar with the characters and, and who they are and who they're supposed to be. And you know, I can assume what changes they're going to make and they pretty much made the exact changes I thought they were going to. Um, you know, it, it was exactly what I expected, which turned out to be a little underwhelming. Maybe that's all it was. But uh, yeah, I mean, I liked it. I'd, I'd definitely go see it again. And, you know, when it comes out on Blu-ray, I'm going to buy a copy. And I think that anybody that's a fan of Marvel movies at all should go and see it. Uh, just don't expect it to be Guardians of the Galaxy. Nice. <laughs> so you, didn't, you mean to tell me the Ant-Man fight with uh, the Avenger wasn't enough for you? <laughs> that was my favorite part of the movie. Honestly, nice. <laughs> Falcon and Ant-Man. That was pretty awesome. Ah, spoilers. <laughs> it's in the commercial. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Not him training with the ants? <laughs> But anyways, let's get back to our news for the week. Okay. So uh, That's it for the movies? That's it for talking about this week's movies. So what do you want to do first? Movies, comics, or TV? We already did movies. Well, we got the movie news. Okay, fine. Give me some movie news then. We'll just Go, stay with the movies. Stick with movies. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, it was confirmed this week that Sif, Jamie Alexander, is yes. going to play a very, very major role in Thor Ragnarok, and that she's also going to make an appearance in Captain America 3 Civil War. I actually like her as that character. That's, she's really fit well for that character. It was, it was perfect casting. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. Uh, Benicio del Toro is in talks to play the main villain in Star Wars Episode Eight. Can you see Ooh. him as a Sith Lord? Yeah, I could. He's, be, he's a damn good actor. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, of course he might be like way more ruthless than anybody we've seen so far. Hey, man, more power to you. Yeah. I like to see that. Uh, on the flip side, we got Michael Sarah, <laughs> <laughs> who has been cast as uh, the voice of Robin in the Lego Batman movie. Okay, that's fine. So you got Will Ar- Will Arnett and uh, Michael Sarah. Everybody hates me. (laughs) That's going to be great. You know it is. I think it'll be really funny. Anybody see my cell phone? (laughs) Who took my cell phone? (laughs) And then the last piece of movie news is that Tilda Swanson has confirmed that she's going to be playing the Ancient One in the Doctor Strange movie. Doctor Strange, huh? Mm -hmm. She's going to be playing the Ancient One. She's who's who's traditionally like an Asian man who's Doctor Strange's mentor. So they're doing a little bit of a gender-bending thing, but uh, yeah, I can see it. Oh, you know, she also played... uh, Gabriel, I believe, in uh, Constantine, the movie. Yeah, that's true. So she can, you know, it's cool. She's a good actress, though. I agree. I agree. I think she'll do good. And that's it for a movie. So uh, what do you want to do next, comics or TV? Let's do some TV. Okay, so TV. 
Uh, let's do Arrow first. Oh, yes! There was three casting announcements for Arrow this, this week. Think about what, my pants? Uh, Echo Callum, who's best known for his role in Ben and Kate, has been cast as Mr. Terrific. Uh, Jimmy Ekinbola has been cast as Baron Blitzkrieg. And Alexander Calvert, who's best known for Bates Motel, has been cast as Anarchy. Yes. So Anarchy is kind of one of those villains that's sometimes a Batman villain, sometimes a Green Arrow villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he'll be a good a good foe. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited for, uh, for that. Stephen Amell. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm really excited to see what Anarchy does. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's the one. <laughs> more, so, more so than the other two. Uh-huh. So moving on to Flash, uh, there's a new costume for Flash in Season 2. Have you seen it? The white lightning bolt, right? No. I'm thinking something else. I'm thinking of the anime. No, what's, no I haven't seen the new costume. Uh, it, it's, it's just a little bit different. It's not a major change, but there's a little more edginess to it. Okay. It looks a little more aerodynamic than the first one did, and then it has a slightly different symbol. Okay. Uh, but I like the way it looks. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. I will. Uh, there's also a casting announcement for Flash. Michael Ironside is coming in as the father of Leonard Snart. That's right. It's going to be Lewis Snart. <laughs> Captain Cold's dad. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Ironside's a badass. I tweeted him a while back because he was on V, the final battle back in the day. Mm-hmm. He's one of my favorites. I, I like that guy. Yeah, me too. Uh, it kind of explains why Captain Cold is the way he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so moving on, there's a promo release today for the Guardians of the Galaxy animated series. Uh, it's just a short little 15-second clip, but it looks pretty cool. I am Groot. Uh, and the Guardians of the Galaxy animated series is having a sneak preview on September 6th, and then the show actually airs for its real debut on September 26th. Cool. So check it out. Will do. And then the very last piece of TV news is that uh, Michael Chiklis is joining the cast of Gotham. Yes. Uh, he's going to be playing Captain Nathaniel Barnes, who's going to be playing a mentor to Jim Gordon. Sweet. So uh, <laughs> I don't know if he's going to be as corrupt as he was in The Shield. <laughs> or if he's just going to be his clobbering time the whole time. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, Michael Chiklis can act. I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what he does in Gotham. I like Michael Chiklis. Yeah, me too. One, I, I, yeah, I'm really stoked for that. Hey, I thought there were supposed to be rumors that uh, Constantine was going to make an appearance on Arrow. Well, that's what Stephen Amell wants. Stephen Amell's been saying he wants... Oh, okay. So it hasn't been confirmed but, yet. But it hasn't been confirmed yet. Damn, that'd be freaking awesome. It would be cool. I agree. So moving on to comics, uh, there's only a couple things. Okay. In January... Marvel is releasing a coloring book called Deadpool's Coloring Book. <laughs> yeah, I saw this. Uh, there's also an Age of Ultron one coming out, I think, in October. So uh, I guess Marvel's branching off into... Coloring books? Coloring books. <laughs> <laughs> so you're picking up the Deadpool coloring book? I will be buying the Deadpool coloring book. You're going to buy two, one to color and one not to color, two, one to one save. To color and one to save. Hey, it's going for $1,000 on eBay now. <laughs> Every other day, you're going to get a nice colored picture that I'm going to plaster on your wall at work. <laughs> as long as it's not Ultron, we're okay. I, I forgot. I need to go buy the My Little Pony coloring book. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get the Big Trouble Little China coloring book. Oh, that would be awesome. Plaster a copy of Egg Chen on your wall. <laughs> Egg I'm, Chen. I'm okay with that. <laughs> David Lopan. David Lopan. <laughs> Thunder. <laughs> Gracie Law. Uh, so speaking of Guardians. Okay. The lineup's changing in all new Guardians after Secret Wars is all over. Uh, it's still going to be the main four. You know, Drax, Rocket, Groot, Star-Lord. Okay. We're also going to have Venom. Mm-hmm. which we knew about. And then you're going to have Kitty Pride, which okay. shouldn't come as a surprise because you know she's joined up with Peter Quill. Mm-hmm. And then the last one, which is kind of interesting, and I think it's only because he doesn't have a home, The Thing. The Thing in space. Interesting. Sp- speaking of The Thing, <laughs> <laughs> you remember a few weeks ago we talked about The Thing Burger? Yeah. <laughs> they started airing commercials for The Thing Burger to uh-huh. promote the Fantastic Four movie. Uh, it honestly doesn't look that bad. It's I like, told you. It's like, hash, it's like grilled hash browns on a burger. Freaking burger's going to rock. We need to go one day and have a thing burger. 
Yeah, you said at that time there was no way you were eating <laughs> 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 burger. <laughs> yeah, because you know how we were talking that day. Yeah. I don't want a thing burger. <laughs> <laughs> so your, your opinion has changed a little bit now. That yeah, you know the co- I've seen the commercial. It looks pretty damn good. It, it does look surprisingly good, especially coming from Denny. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> we may have to brave it one day. Get you a bacon sundae while you're there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pass on that one. <laughs> so the thing joining the Guardians, huh? Yep. This will be interesting. Yep. And then uh, you might like this one. Okay. Uh, we talked a little bit about 80s movies and TV series just a little while ago. Uh-huh. Uh, you remember an 80s TV series called Airwolf? Of course. <laughs> yes. Anyways, it's being released as a comic series from IDW. No freaking way. In September. It's going to be an anthology comic, so a lot of different creators are going to have a hand in it. But yeah, Airwolf the comic. Oh my gosh. It's pretty cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. <laughs> I have to pick that up. Yeah, I, I figured you would. I knew What's you after that? Blue Thunder? <laughs> Anything's possible, right? Yeah, I know. Mask. Like, oh, come on. <laughs> Smoking. <laughs> Not that mask. Oh, which mask? Mobile Armored Strike Command. You remember them? No, I don't remember those people. Oh, man. I would love to see a mask comic. <laughs> come on, man. Where's the Voltron comic? Uh, we already know that's coming, right? We I talked, know. We talked to Cullen. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> Before too long. So a lot of our favorite 80s properties are getting turned into comic books, which I just think is super cool. Yeah, it's going to be I super I picked awesome. up that real Ghostbusters comic we talked about a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really cool. It was the the original Ghostbusters, you know. Yeah, they got in that little vortex or whatever happened to them and met the other guys. They like, went through the vortex and met the quote-unquote real Ghostbusters, yeah, like, the cartoon the, versions. I was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> it, was, it was a fun team-up. So Yeah, it was. Uh, that's another great IDW book if you want to go check that out. But that's pretty much it for news. Oh, okay. So kind of went all over the place today. Yeah, we did. Uh, I want to thank Fred for coming on. Mm-hmm. You know, it was great to talk to him about Big Trouble in Little China and some of his other properties. I'm looking forward to picking up some Valiant books. Definitely, uh, yeah. I'm going to have to check out Archer and Armstrong. I mean, it's a series I've known about for a really long time, but I've never actually read. So uh, it's a great starting point, I guess. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to say I may have has, I may have some of his uh, Spider-Man stuff. I don't even know. Oh, I know I have a lot of his Hulk stuff and a lot of his Spider-Man stuff in my closet, but uh, you know, I, I've never read any of his Valiant stuff. So Yeah, that's something we definitely pick up and we can tweet to him like we said we would. Definitely. Funny guy. Funny guy. Uh, I want to remind everybody, if you enjoy the show, you can follow us on a few different places on social media. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash comicalpodcast. We're on Twitter. I'm at comicalpodcast. I'm at comicalpodcast, too. And on Instagram, we are at comicalpodcast. Don't forget to find us on our radio sites, nerdbong.com, wickedradionetwork.com, beyondthedawnradio.com, and lighteningradio.com. And we air on their network every Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So uh, check us out. And that's pretty much it, guys. So don't forget, keep on laughing, bitches.